How long was Neil Armstrong actually on the moon? When did Europe start speaking English? Did Marco Polo really go to China? CuriosityStream is the streaming service for all things history, plus science, wildlife, and more. What's the real story behind the Mona Lisa? We've got that. What caused the collapse of Rome? We know. Where did we find mankind's earliest ancestor? Come find out. For the holidays, give the gift of curiosity with 25% off gift cards for your curious cohorts. It's holiday shopping season at curiositystream.com slash gift. It's time to get your checking account to zero with free checking from PenFed. That's zero ATM fees, zero balance requirements, and zero time spent waiting for your paycheck to direct deposit because you can receive it up to two days early. Open your account with just $25 and see how big zero can be. Apply online today at penfed.org slash free checking. Early direct deposit eligibility may vary between pay periods and timing of payers funding. To receive any advertised product, you must become a member of PenFed, insured by NCUA. This is an official download from thecustardtv.com. The Custard TV podcast, where you are guaranteed Matt and somebody else yeah. every week. Yeah, it's that, that you are. <laughs> how many podcasts have I missed? I've missed a fair few, haven't I? You missed so, like you haven't been fully on three, oh, but no, the, I popped that, up like a like a, you did the, like you a did the loose ends bit of one, yeah. didn't you? In American that was Vandal. the annoying thing because we should say that Gary's not here this week. He's had a medical issue, and hence it's Matt and I. But we were going to do this thing where we tied up all the loose ends of shows that we were still watching, and now we don't know what he's still watching, so that'll have to wait. So I know American have you finished American Vandal? No, I've still not. I think okay. well, when I you keep finish American, about it. he'll be out of hospital when you finish American Vandal. Oh, he's not going to be in that long, is he? <laughs> <laughs> Luke. Hey, everybody, here's our staff. Gary. I never heard of him before today. And Matt. He's a professional. Talking telly. Try it. Just for one week. Just try the program for one week. This is the Custard TV podcast. This is the Custard TV podcast, uh, TV news reviews and previews, pick of the week, we point your face at something worth viewing in the next seven days, and also we let you know about all different ways you can contact us, including our Patreon page as well, which we'll talk about in greater depth as the podcast continues. So, let the podcast begin. I've not done this for a while. I forget how to uh, do it. Well, news-wise, there's not a great deal, but I wanted to just quickly discuss the um, last Tango in Halifax thing, which seems all a bit weird and a bit... Nobody well, seems to be talking to each other. Well, no, what it, what I understood it to be, last Tango yeah. being one of our favourite shows, of course. Yeah, last Tango in Halifax we're talking about here. Yeah, Derry Jacobi was being interviewed for um, the murder on the Orient Express film. And the Radio Times asked him outright, are you making any more Last Tango in Halifax? And I understand that he said, Sally Wainwright is just too busy. She's got too many things on the go and he thinks it's all done and there's not going to be any more. Um, but I always so, every, think that... so everyone was reporting Last Tango in Halifax not coming back. You know, that's it for Last Tango in Halifax. We should know by now that things can anything can come back. Yeah, we li- we live in a world where fuller house is a thing. Anything <laughs> can come back. So I worry about Last Tango because the the leads, Anne Reed and Derek Jacobi are older. Maybe Derek we... Jack. That's Derek Jacobi saying, "I'm not coming. You'll have to kill me off if we do." I, I, I was thinking today I could rewatch that Christmas special 
again this time, you know, later on in the year when it gets closer to Christmas. I, it we it did... was an okay ending. Yeah. But... Uh, it wasn't great, was it? It was like a pl- no. wasn't it like a play or something? They it, they felt uh, like sort of just hangover episodes until we do another series, didn't they? They which, felt like which, bridging. Of course, episodes. they never did. Um, so yeah, it's, I mean, it's a shame. But then, the B- officially, then the BBC came out and said, "No, it's coming back." Though they've put out an official statement, haven't they? Since oh, I didn't know this. You, you, that, this, is, what, this is news that, to us both. Who do you mean both? Jerry Jacoby and I. I didn't know this <laughs> because um, that's what I mean. It's all a bit confusing because Derek Jacoby said this, and then the BBC has put out a statement. Denying. Where's this statement? Can I, can I, can I source, t- state your sources, Matt? You should know this. BBC. Just um, the BBC. You don't know where you read it. BBC spoke, oh, this was on Digital Spy. Sally Wainwright oh. is presently engaged with another BBC project, but has every in- intention of revisiting Last Tango when she's able to. So we're not going west this week, but we are, or Matt is foraying into the foreign. Olé. Uh, because, is, all right. Uh, because one of his one of his, his favourite shows or would you call it that? Yeah, I, 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 I've enjoyed it one of my favourite shows of the year in terms of, okay. yeah uh, I know who you are, the Spanish drama I'm Matt, is yeah, so we, we podcast um, together and, and we, we, I don't know whether did we mention on the podcast that the structure of this, the fact that they showed six, mm, no, they showed ten yeah. I can't remember if we mentioned it or we just discussed it Basically, Sometimes we talk and we're not recording, so yeah. I don't remember the difference. Okay, basically what BBC4 did with this is that they showed ten episodes and now we're showing another six claiming this is series two, whereas in actuality, I think, when they showed it in Spain, it was a 16-part series. Mm-hmm. Having watched, like, the first... I think I've watched three now of the six. Mm-hmm. Um, excuse me. Uh, the I think I can understand why they did the split because the the drama there's a there's a sort of big plot reveal at the end of episode ten that sort of changes everything in the rest of the series so I can understand in a way why they did the split because I'm finding this this set of episodes which I'm assuming is leading to the conclusion a little bit more sort of harder to believe everything's a little bit more stretched. Um, but still good, still watchable, still like on the edge of your seat. It is really sort of densely plotted. There's so many things going on at the same time that you never sort of get bored with it. I might wait until you've finished it. And if you say, oh, the ending was just a real letdown. I, I, I would say watch it. I would say watch it because I think you'll enjoy it. I think you'll enjoy the story. I'm not good. I wouldn't. I, I, I don't know. I, I would like you to watch it regardless. I... I've seen so many things lately where I've watched them and then got to the end and gone, oh, and I just don't want that to happen again if it can be avoided. You know, well, I if think somebody is... up, up, up to now, I think there is enough in... If they'd have ended it with number 10, I think it would have been almost like a better series because it would have had like an amb- ambiguous end. You sort of... Had, they had had some big reveals... And it feels now they're like trying to tie a lot of knots together. They have to tie everything up as opposed to... Yeah, they have to try a lot of knots together by doing a lot of big stunts. Like someone gets kidnapped, someone gets stabbed. Someone's dressed up in one of them Breaking Bad type yellow suits. Oh. Mm. I'm intrigued now. Yes. I know who you are. There's not many left actually, is there? Um... 
How many have been? No, there is a few left. There's only well, two there's been on, aren't they? This, this Saturday, or tomorrow, will be three and four, and then the following Saturday will be five and six, and then that's yeah. it. So we will crack on with the reviews of things that you can see on the TV here in the UK. Let's hand over to Matt with the reviews, as is customary in this particular segment. Hello, I'm here. Hello. Hi. So should we start with unspeakable as it's the first thing on my pad here yeah this was well you'll do the setup you're good at these you do them uh this was a one-off channel 4 drama almost like documentary drama in the same style as As watchman watchman and the people next door this starred um indira varma as a um a lady who had recently got divorced and had met a younger man played by luke treadway or treadway either or he, he's like a male nurse. He's very sort of charming and funny. And he, she's got two kids, a girl called Katie, I think her name was, who's 11, almost 12, and a young boy as well of about sort of 10. He, basically, you get to any Luke Treadway fans get to see him coming out of the shower within the first minute, which I felt was a bit excessive. But it starts with uh, Friday and her sort of taking the kids to school. Katie is a bit sort of, um, you know, she's she's withdrawn. She's not speaking to her mum. We learn that th- this is the weekend that their dad's got the kids, played by um, Neil Maskell, the dad. She looks at her phone and there's a text saying there's something inappropriate going on with um, Danny. Danny, yeah. There's something going on between Danny and that Katie. That doesn't sound right either, but I'm sure it is. It is, because this is on the IMDb cast list. So Okay, fair enough. I trust them. Uh, there's something going on between Dan and it's not, re- you know, they don't go into details or anything like that, but they, they just say, you know, it's something going on and it's not right. It, this text comes from an unknown number. She tries to ring it. She tries to trace it. Nothing's happening. You know, Are she's you paranoid. one of these people that doesn't answer unknown numbers? I never understand this. Are you one of those people that w- if you see an unknown number come up on your mobile, will you ignore it on purpose because it's unknown? Um... What I tend to do, because a lot of these are just, um, if it's like a landline number, normally I would ignore it because it's normally someone trying to sell me something. And I would I would not answer and then ring it back. Because normally okay. if you ring back one of these numbers, it yeah. is just an automated, you were cool today, but... Uh, yeah, um, yeah, and, then I, and then I block it. But, you know, if I ring back and it is someone, then what that's why... What if it's a mobile, I... though, that you don't recognise? I will sometimes answer it, yeah. If I get a phone call, I just need to know who it is. I can't not know. It will bug me. And if Mm. you get unknown name, unknown caller, and you miss the call, that is so frustrating. So in this, she didn't know who was sending this call, this Mm. number. And to be fair, she did ring it back and it went to voicemail every time. Uh, but it was sort of like a mystery number. You didn't know who it was. She thought she was paranoid. It might be one of the other mums at the school. It might be like one of the neighbours, um, someone that Danny knows. And it sort of builds up. You know, she she starts going through Katie's social media, like starts reading into every like interaction that they've had, basically, Danny and Katie. And could there be something going on? She rings like a support number in there. They're a little worried, and it sort of culminates in a. She 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 basically tells him, doesn't she? This is how has anything happened, mm. and she says, "Should we just go to the police? Is this harassment?" And he doesn't want to, and it's his sort of not wanting to 
put himself out there that makes her suspicious and she asks him outright and he leaves. And then should we just reveal think, the ending? I don't know whether to reveal. I don't think we should, to be fair, because no. that might have interested people. Okay. All, I will, all I will say about it is I enjoyed it. The performances were really mm. good by all the central leads. Uh, I just don't know what the point of it was. And mm. I hate feeling like that at the end of dramas lately. Mm. I hate getting to the end of something, whether I've watched it for an hour or six in the case of something like Liar and going, why Why did I Why did I bother? And I, didn't what... feel, I didn't feel like that at the end of Liar, because you haven't really talked about the end of Liar. Why did you feel like that at the end of Liar? Well, I, ju- I just felt like as soon as they revealed the Liar, which took guts to do in, in the midway point, mm. That they were sort of angling for a second series, and it went it went more manic and more nuts mm-hmm. as it went on, and moved as far away from the the sort of genuine intrigue that I had in episode so one. What, what would you have to... liked from this? I don't know. Well, I suppose. I see. We can't really talk about it without revealing yeah. the end. So the end basically. So, Kate, yeah, she, reveal the end. If you don't want to hear, stop the podcast here because we are going to reveal the stop end. Stop the podcast and come back in. Yeah. Two minutes. Press, press pause, turn turn it over to side two, and, uh, <laughs> and then you can listen. She decides after Danny leaves, she goes to um, Des, the ex-husband played by Neil Maskell's house. I've seen and, him in a long time. Um, yeah, I was trying to think, Was it? would it be humans or has he Probably, been in something yeah. since? I feel like uh, I, I was struggling to believe that he and Indira Varma yes, would have been a couple. Yes. <laughs> yeah, I just feel that Indira Varma would not be with anyone called Des as well. I struggled with that. <laughs> you know, Katie's not, it has been withdrawn all weekend. He says, I don't know if there's something going on with her. So she goes up and he, she basically reveals that, oh, you know, dad's, keeps asking questions about Danny. He, he wants to know, you know, is he giving me money and stuff like that? Des comes into the room. She sort of ushers him back and he says, like, I want to know doubt Danny. You know, he's, he's moved into my house. You know, my daughter's 11 years old. There's this new man. You, you know, you barely know him. You've only known him a year. And then she rings the number again and it turns out it's his phone and he's been sort of putting this paranoia in her head. And, and at the end, you know, her kids are safe in bed. She's still with Danny, but there's that sort of, there's almost like a tension there, isn't there, that she has a, has thought this about him and, and would their relationship yeah. be the same. So that was the ending. Not an ambiguous one because it was basically, it was just a lie that I had been told. Um, I but suppose I, it's a I, bit I, like, I, I mean, this is this is what I would compare it to, um, would yeah. be that film The Hunt. With yeah, Mad- I can see that. This is my biggest problem and it's not really a fault of the drama because they only had an hour... And that's with ads as well. There weren't a ton of ads. Yeah, it was on forty-six this, minutes. I watched it on all four. Because it was an hour, you can't gain a relationship very mm. easily or mm. care very deeply. The performances were very good. It felt very realistic. I believed it all, but in the same instance, I didn't have the relationship with Neil Maskell no. to go. Oh my God! I can't believe he did it. Yeah, and I just and. You know, you know, I get, I get, I get what you're saying. Yeah, because I just sort it, of felt like if I hadn't it, seen it, I wouldn't have missed anything. No, no, I and agree. I don't, it's I like, don't see I mean, what the point was. It's a bit like the Watchman in that regard. That was good. That was well acted, but you won't, you don't remember anything about that really, do you? I, I have no Graham recollection of it exactly. apart from him being behind a desk in a. Yeah. That was like a bit more. Inve- that was a bit more inventive because they used like the cameras and stuff like that in his. You know, it was him becoming a voyeur, and they, I found that a bit more interesting. This, yeah, as you you are right that because it was so short, you, maybe this could have been a ninety minute. 
you didn't really know Katie. You only really spent no, you time saw with her. Her You saw her in a tiny flashback where she's mm. sort of saying things, or oh, Danny's a bit, oh, I don't want to say. Then you mm. saw her being moody on her bed at her dad's house. I don't really know what they're trying to say with these hour-long no. dramas. I don't, I don't know, like, if people try... If we tried to describe the point of them, mm. I don't know what it was. If no. I'd have watched anything else than this, I'd have probably had a better time. I would never think about this again. No. And if and that's not what a good TV drama should be. Mm. And even documentaries that I probably won't watch again, I'll still think about them from time to time. This would be gone out of my brain if we weren't doing a podcast from the moment it finished on screen. I don't see what the point of it was. Would it been better if there was some ambiguity would you remember it because this was sort of a finite ending that no he wasn't no I, you know me I'm always a fan of a give me a reason to, mm. to you know know what happened but I mm. just think it does had nothing to do with it Katie had denied it and that but then there was that sort of doubt in your mind but wouldn't at the there end. even been even less point to that mm, I suppose there would yeah. have been, because then you don't know any more than you did when it started. So but I think point? that I think you're still thinking about it, then, aren't you? You're still. Yeah. No. How how no. much do you really, you know? I suppose then you're back to liar territory, aren't you? So that that's that done. Um, two sitcoms. Uh, shall we do Motherland? Yes. We had a pilot of it last year as part of the BBC comedy season. Um, and when we reviewed this, Motherland, yeah, yeah. we they gave me an excuse to play the YouTube clip Too Many Cooks because we said there was just yeah, too many writers. people involved, too, ma- too much going which too is a weird criticism for a show, but too much going yeah. on and it didn't have Hol- much Holly Walsh, uh, Graham Linehan, Sharon Morgan... And Helen Linehan. Which is not a great name. If you're going to be called Linehan <laughs> when you're married, Helen's not a great name, is it really? Helen Linehan. Uh, yeah. I can't actually say it. I'm glad you did it. <laughs> Helen Linehan. Graham and Helen Linehan. <laughs> and Holly Walsh and Sharon Horgan, who, who co-wrote Dead Boss, didn't they? They did. This is the... Um, continuation of that series anna maxwell martin is the lead again character names escape me here i know it's terrible isn't it if only uh, gary were here yeah because normally we're prepared because we can prepare while gary's like faffing and messing up and yeah. <laughs> messing. Uh, anna maxwell martin plays a character called julia who is a working mother um is she separated from oliver chris no or they're they, together uh, but they you never see them together in the case of this first episode, he's at a football game. Yeah. I have to say, this held together a lot better yes. than the pilot did. Than the pilot. I have to say, I enjoyed this a lot, mm. and I didn't I did. expect yeah. to. There was a lot less Lucy Punch, who plays like this alpha mother, isn't there? And I think mm. that helped, because she's a, we don't like her very much. I struggled in the pilot to believe the connection between them all, but it just... It just yeah. seemed to work the, a lot better. The pilot, the pilot was what a pilot is, is that they sort of set up this connection. They were jumbled, weren't they? Yeah. Well, no, it wasn't that they were jumbled. It was setting up a, a thing between... Because they didn't really know each other all that much. They yeah. So basically, the three characters are Anna Maxwell-Martin, who's this sort of professional woman. There's Diane Morgan, who plays Liz, who's sort of very, you know, flippant about everything, isn't she? I think she mm. might be a single mum. She is, yeah. Uh, and then there's Paul Reddy, who was sort of psychotic in Utopia, wasn't he? And he's completely different know. in this. 
And here he plays Kevin, who's a stay-at-home dad who always, who's sort of always sort of laying down by bags and things like that, and he spends his days like rating children's entertainers on on Google and things yeah. like that. The, in the pilot, they sort of all sort of formed a bond, didn't they? They're like the outcasts in the cafe where all the mums sort of congregate. There's Lucy Punch and her sort of congregation, and then there's these outcasts who are sort of shunned whether it be because they're quite vulgar like Liz or they're the stay-at-home, you know, they're not a mum, they're a dad like Kevin. Yeah. And and then there's Julia who is sort of sort of straddles the sort of between the two of them, don't they? There are some really good gags in this. I mean, this is framed around the fact that she's throwing her daughter Ivy a, um, a birthday party because Liz has told her that it's a good way to get a free childcare. You know, you have yeah. 30 kids come round, the parents will drop the kids off and then you know you've got that for you've got that for 30 times you know you've got you can you get these invites and you could drop her off and have the free day but obviously because it's a sitcom it doesn't go to plan you know I she can't blow the balloon really well observed this time yeah it was really well observed and, and there was a, there was a scene God. in the cafe where they're trying to get their table and she diane morgan's character says Will you move? And he said, well, not really. There's a plug here. Kevin has to move, doesn't he? And he usually yeah. says, like, there's three of us. We've got a lot of stuff. Do you mind if we take this table? There's a smaller table free over there. And there's a lot of us and only one of you. Oh, it's just this table's right next to the socket. And then she says, oh, what a plug. There's a plug down there. I should have brought my iron in. Really meant the most of that fucking plug. Come on, mate, move it. It's just really well upset. <laughs> and I... It's a good balance between the three leads, isn't it? You've got Anna Maxwell Martin. I mean, she is an excellent actress, so she could do it. It almost sort of veers away from sitcom when she's, you know, having a breakdown. You feel like she's giving like a Shakespearean performance or something like that. The reason I put in the Too Many Cooks thing last year was because Mm. it felt like three sitcoms in one. Like they were all sort of banging up. But I think they, I think they were, yeah, I know what you mean, that these were different people. And I think now you've got to the stage where they sort of, you had to have the meeting because that's the point of the sitcom. But now they've yeah. met, they've got this bond, you can sort of just crack on. And I think I said that at the time. You've got that mixture between Anna Maxwell Martin, who's this very sort of emotional cat. You know, she tries to stay stable, but things just affect her. And, you know, she'll, she'll throw a strop when her mum won't help her and things like that. You've got Diane Morgan, who's very sort of vulgar and is great at delivering the one-liners. And then you've got Paul Reddy, who's who's better at sort of doing the set pieces. He's sort of good at the sort of physical comedy and things like that. I haven't laughed uh, for a while at, uh, at a UK generally. sitcom. And no, well, no, you can tell by that. But I was, <laughs> I went into Unspeakable expecting a laugh and I didn't get one. Uh, but no, I, I haven't enjoyed... Just generally put something on with no expectations and enjoyed it as much as I did this. The thing I wanted to ask you is, will you stick with it for the rest of the run? Yeah. And it's it's all on iPlayer as of when it's it going out on TV on Tuesday, uh, Tuesday the 7th, as we record. And then it'll all be on iPlayer, the six episodes. They're does doing that for all the Does this work? Now. I don't know whether it works. And does it mean you'll catch up with it sooner or will you watch it? Uh, I think I'll probably somehow. watch it, uh, you know, now I won't sort of slip, stick to a schedule, but I know it's there, so I can just watch it whenever, you know, if I've got a half an hour spare, I will yeah. just possibly pop one of these on. I, I just think it was really well done, really well executed, and... Here in Key West, we were out before it was in. In this open and inclusive paradise, you can be yourself 
make new friends, and savor our live and let live vibe. With LGBTQ plus friendly accommodations, our legendary nightlife, and year-round activities and events, it's always a good time to come as you are. Key West, close to perfect, far from normal. The United States Border Patrol has exciting and rewarding career opportunities with the nation's largest law enforcement organization. Border Patrol agents enjoy great pay, outstanding federal benefits, and up to $20,000 in recruitment incentives for newly appointed agents. If you are looking for a way to serve something greater than yourself, consider the United States Border Patrol. Learn more online at cbp.gov careers slash USBP. That's cbp.gov careers slash USBP. I didn't get the hype that surrounded it last year. No, I mean... And, and, and I, I sort of get it now and enjoy it, and it might be... Depending on how I feel about it at the end, it might be I think one this of my was... favourites for the year. I recommend it highly. Yeah, I do. I no, do. I do. Yeah, it's a good um, sort of mainstream sitcom. I've got without sort of the swearing and stuff. Do you think this would work as almost like a pre-watershed sitcom? I I think it could be up there without numbered in terms yeah. of how people well, that look wasn't at pre-watershed. it. Well, no, but it could have been. It should be, perhaps should have been as well. And I think the BBC is scared to do pre-watershed yeah. because. It means they can't be edgy, but not this wasn't very edgy. edgy, though. Exactly. I mean, if you take the language out, yeah. you could play this. I mean, there was a plot about Kevin's sort of sex night and things like that, wasn't there? But I think you can get away with a bit of sort of innuendo because if you think yeah, about all the can. American pre-watershed sitcoms that you know haven't got, they're you always know, they're always nodding their hat. How many times Friends nodded its hand to things? You mm. can't do that. But I think there wasn't that much swearing, was there? There was, a, you know, a couple of S's. Well, and if a it's excessive, of... I notice it. Yeah. So there can't have been yeah. because it didn't. Because we did talk about, you know, why can't they do sort of family sitcoms like um, something like Fresh Off the Boat or The Goldbergs? Why have we struggled with this? And I think this could be. I suppose Graham Linehan did write a pre watershed sitcom recently with um, Cat Arthur Strong. I, I think, like, Sharon Horgan and people like that possibly wouldn't want to put their names to a pre-watershed. You know, they like to think of themselves as edgy writers and, yeah, and Hollywood, probably. you know. As, but as... wherever this is on, I enjoyed it and would recommend it. To, and you know we're harsher on comedies than we I think are anything else. Is. I think the thing yeah. is with comedies, you ex- because, like, with comedies, you, they need to provoke that laughter, whereas, like, dramas provoke different reactions. You need to... You know, you're not making me laugh. You're not doing your job. And I suppose some comment, like something like Mum, for example, isn't there to make you on getting on, aren't necessarily there to sort of make you laugh all that. They do because of who's involved with them. But yeah, Motherland, Tuesdays, 10 o'clock. And if you don't want to wait till Tuesday, you can go on the iPlayer and just watch it whenever the mood takes you. A detectorist was back this week. Oh, I love that song. It just makes you feel all like oh, I was watching warm. it uh, warm, or to me, you know, you, I'm yeah. sort of, you know, you sort of got the fire on, snuggled under a blanket, detectorist theme tune starts playing. It's like it's a comfort. It is like a you warm. Got a, you got a Lindor chocolate. In yeah, your it's a, it's a war. It is a like a comfortable, warm jumper of a sitcom is detectorist. Yeah. Under the brown rumble. Will you search through the long?
about the touch of the kings and the breath of the wind. I need the call of all the songbirds. They sang all the wrong words. I'm waiting for you. I'm waiting for you. This is the third and, and sadly final series of Mackenzie Crook's um, BBC4 sitcom about metal detectorists, uh, starring himself and Toby Jones. At the last um, outing of this was, as we were talking about last Tango in Halifax, a disappointing Christmas special, really. It was, it was strange, wasn't it? It didn't but, really... Again, it didn't gel. That mm, was the, the, end, the end of the second series saw um, Lance, which is Toby Jones's character... Uh, discover like this horde um, of I can't was it Saxon? Yes, Saxon. Saxon gold, which then went to the National Museum. Andy, the Mackenzie Crook character, and his uh, other half, Becky, went off to Botswana. Is that right? Yes. The the Christmas special was sort of clunky because he'd had there had to be a reason for him to come back, but this one thankfully they've got them back together. We don't know. How, what we don't sort of know, I'm, we're guessing sort of like their time in Botswana has ended. Yeah, because they're living with Diana Rigg. Yes, not Diana Rigg, the character Diana Rigg plays, not just Diana no, Rigg. No, well, <laughs> I don't want to spoil it for you, it is actually Diana Rigg. Who is Rachel Sterling, who plays Becky's mum in real life and plays her mum in this as well. I imagine they've not been back too long because they've got all their worldly possessions in her garage and Mackenzie Crook is missing having a shed and having... A place of their own, you know, where he's not... Under Waiting for to put a deposit together, aren't they? He's yeah. working as, like, an archaeologist for, like, a, a building company and yes. trying to... He's investigating things where they think they found certain archaeological finds ahead of people building, you know, seeing if they can build on that land. His job is to say, no, you're all right to build here, even if you find something. This is such a great little show that even like Toby Jones making cheese on toast is is fascinating, and you're drawn in, aren't you? It's got that warmth that not Mm. many shows have, and I just I gravitate towards it. I had one, I think we got three episodes on our little preview thing, and I could have watched all three, and I just thought, no, I want to savour it because it is it is something special. Dropped on the iPlayer all at once. No, and I don't think I would. I don't think I would watch it all in no. one go. As much as I love it, because it's something to savor. Because it's about the little moments and the little lines, and there's a really haunting final scene as well, uh, which I didn't quite understand the significance of. No, which I'm sure we'll get well, as it goes the, on. Well, the other story here, I suppose, which is in the first scene before we get to Andy and Lance, is that they're, they are building a solar farm on the land which they've got permission to detect on. I don't know if that's the right phrase. Yeah. So they're losing their little, their sanctuary, really. They're saying, like, you know, because Andy hates being sort of clumped into a small space at, at, at his mother-in-law's. Toby Jones is finding it hard because he's got his tea. She teenage daughter, would you say, early twenties? Oh no, she's in her twenties. Yeah, in her twenties. If you can't work that out, you're going to get into some trouble. So uh, yeah, she's definitely not. Into her, in her... 
If I think she look, you know, I, if I think she looks like a teenager and she's in her twenties, then no, that's no, all that's right. That's true. Yeah, that's. Oh, if, I, if she was a teenager and I thought she looked like she was in her twenties, that would be I the problem. I see. Yes. I see. I see your honour. I see your honour. Um, <laughs> He's very OCD, as we see. He doesn't even like the fact that she's sort of taken a, a sort of side off his cheese because it's harder for him to cut. Somebody like Gary would say there weren't many jokes. But the one sort of laugh out loud scene, which they actually did preview when I went to Edinburgh and the BBC Four thing, there was the bit with um, Hugh and Russell where they'd found this prisoner tag and taken it to the widow of the prisoner who um, was in prison for 18 months. And um, she there's just this picture of the two of them with this crying woman who hadn't realised that her husband had actually <laughs> been in prison. And that was the sort of big laugh out loud moment. I also it? like the keys moment because their, their oh, lives... Yeah. The lives are so empty in the, in the village of Danebury that, that that Lance's daughter drops her keys and it becomes this whole story. Of, Lanson. Yeah. She's great. She, oh, she, I heard she dropped her keys in the week. <laughs> we she told find you. them. Yeah. Yeah. No, no, she, she didn't, didn't lose them. them. She, she just dropped them. them. Yeah. So it's, it's not about the big laughs. It's no. about the little laughs. I suppose you'd call it observational comedy. Yeah. It really is. But I, I love the quiet moments of it and I love... The conversations that that they have. Uh, like, what's your ideal dinner party? Um, five five people you'd have at your dinner party, living or dead, and he said Kurt Cobain. And he says, yes, he was known for his witty dinner party conversations. Yeah, yeah. so it is really. <laughs> it's the heroine at this dinner party. If you do want to watch the first two before uh, this one, before you start this one, they are on Netflix. Not to be one of these watch it on Netflix people but the first two and one final thing as well um, I remember at, at Edinburgh going back to that that Mackenzie Crook was sort of proud that this was on BBC4 that it is sort of like an obscure subject to base a sitcom around and BBC4 is all about those sort of you know obscure topics isn't it so I think it fits on BBC4 that sort of observational sort of slow humour that sort of getting on had and things like that so I, re- I think it's brilliant so, Detectorists, Wednesdays at 10pm on BBC4. We've been quite positive. Motherland was good. Um, we enjoyed Detectorists. That's very good. Do you want to do the X Factor quick? Oh, yeah, X Factor quick. We're talking about it primarily because of all of the changes that they've made here. Um, that they're, they're doing now Saturdays and Sundays to start off with. They're having two categories each night. One act gets voted off every night, but instead of it being down to the sing-off, this time it's purely based on uh, audience votes. Uh, the act, We also find out who the act is who's got the most votes of that who night. Who won the night, they Who won it. the night, yeah. And then that person would then go against the person who won the next night and the, to be the, do they call it like the weekend champion or yeah, something? Yeah, and then those people, that winning act over the two nights gets a prize. Yeah. I don't know why. Why yeah. do they get a prize? The, the criticisms that have been sort of laying at this mainly is that the judges are now completely... Well, they always were completely useless. Nicole shares a is on a different show altogether. I think it's before, before you start slagging them off. Oh, before, please, I've held it in for a long uh, time. Before, they at least had their purpose was, you know, judging the sing-off, even though it often went to deadlock, that their point was they, they, their sort of decision-making would, would end up with someone going home. You know, they didn't just go... Now it's basically it's purely audience vote, which for me doesn't work. Certainly on the Sunday show doesn't work because you're having the audience vote to vote someone off and then you're doing another audience vote for the weekend champion 
And one thing that is well documented, even if you're not a fan of the show, was that Simon wasn't on the first weekend at all. Yeah, and it four. just, I, I think it just demonstrated why, even if you hate Simon Cowell, he is important. It's sanitizing because they replaced him. They did. He wasn't on the Saturday show at all, and then Alicia Dixon turned up on the Sunday. Louis Walsh only talks in cliches. Only like. You remind me of, um, I think at one point he said the to the contestants, you remind Streisand. me of the young Barbara Streisand. That was to which Harley Sharon, who voted off. And then Sharon Osbourne you mm. know, said nobody knows who she is I, anymore. I, so Sharon, I stick up for Sharon Osbourne that first night because I did. I was on your Twitter and basically saying that, you know, not, last year she was like this sort of blithering idiot. And on that first night, she was actually quite switched on and giving sort of good feedback and things like that. And then the second night, when her when it wasn't her act, she was back to the sort of what. What I think is that they are they are all Simon aside, they are all swayed by the ridiculously fickle studio audience who love everybody with equal measure. And so when the room is going mad, I don't think they feel like they can give constructive. Criticism. They've all had too much pop. Yeah, and Nicole Scherzinger has ruined... I mean, this series is crap, let's face it, but Nicole Scherzinger has ruined it even more just by being Nicole Scherzinger. When we were talking, uh, you said she's ruined it for my family, specifically, like she went round. Yeah, I mean, I can't... can't, We just can't bear her. I mean, the camera... What is your your issue with her? Well, she's always got the centre of the spotlight on her. Even during the acts, the camera will whiz round and she's Mm. jumping on the desk and... Dancing and pointing. It was like Jesse J on and the last book. last week. She created. She just had a Latino accent come out of nowhere for no apparent reason that nobody could. And but she just talks complete I... gibberish. And because the final is the second of December, uh, we've got a double elimination on both nights. Four people this, going home. For and you just. I think the reason the the two shows don't work is you haven't got the opportunity to build a. The same thing again. You haven't got a chance to build a rapport yeah. with these people. They just you they come on and you go. Oh, I, I don't remember him, or I don't you need that her. journey, don't you? And I think the 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 thing is because Simon said now, oh, I'm not going to even try and compete with Strictly's ratings, even though they used to beat them in the ratings. The thing with Strictly is that you do get that journey. You do get that connection between the acts. They do it for three months, and you get to see them over the course of 12 weeks and you build this rapport with you know you see the journey of the people who might not be as good to start off with and actually get there and you you build a relationship with them and conversely as we had this weekend someone like Aston who started off brilliantly and then gets eliminated in sort of a shock okay do you want to do a pick of the week isn't it Peaky Blinders for you don't spoil it um, Piggy Blinders, yeah, <laughs> Wednesday, it, it returns for its fourth series, I'm the only one of the trio to stick with it throughout the four series run, but I only started it last year, watched all three, really enjoyed it, got the hype. And I'm surprised, because this doesn't feel I like know something you are. like, no. because you like gritty, down-to-earth, not yeah. a lot of sort of flash, and, and this is, or you know, and it's and it's a period piece, and you're not I a big agree. fan. I agree completely. So what, what... And, what draws you I in think, with this? I just really like the characters and I like the fact they'll kill people <laughs> off and they'll do whatever they need to do. And there's always an element of excitement and I, there. I've watched I, the first episode of all four series, I think. Or three yeah, series. Well, this is yeah. series four. And I, this is the show I wanted Ripper Street to be. I never really got in to mm. Ripper Street. I thought there was a show there that I could latch on to and could enjoy. But it was just sort of 
took itself a bit too seriously and I think Peaky Blinders doesn't ask a lot for you except to watch it and enjoy it and that's all right sometimes if there's enough you know to focus on I think on Sam Neill spoils it for me a bit initially well he's he's not been in it I for know a while, he's not in it so, for a while yeah, yeah. so that's um, uh, Wednesday 9 o'clock BBC 2 and obviously no mine's going to be gone to pot on, on ITV <laughs> Yeah, so uh, well, I think we are. We'll have to talk about that next week. It's basically the um, real exotic marigold hotel, but uh, oh, with marijuana. It has it was... down to the fact that it's got Bobby George. See, it's odd that this is the first thing Pam St. Clement's done like majorly since EastEnders. <laughs> no, she did that Children in Need special of EastEnders. <laughs> the first thing where we haven't seen her play Pat Butcher, I suppose. I, I think they're missing a trick. They should do like travel documentaries with her and Barbara Windsor where they go places in an ice cream van. That would be if I was a... That's my dream. <laughs> to see that. Like, yeah, like Windsor and St. Clement it do Dubai in an ice cream van. But mix it with The Apprentice, see how On... many they can sell. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> or they'll have to go to, um, like, Antarctica and they could call it selling ice cream to the Eskimos. Oh, you've peaked. <laughs> <laughs> do you have a real pick of the week? I do. It is a documentary called Drugsland, which you'll have to um, search high and low for because um, it's on BBC Three um, online, obviously. We've had a preview of it at um, Edinburgh, and I just remember it had like that sort of comic tone that we sort of saw in Valley Cops, and then it just sort of turns and you just see this woman sort of shooting herself with heroin and there was just this shock it's set in and around bristol and it it looks at both the, the sort of the trust that try and sort of help with the problem and the people who sort of use and there's four of these um the first one is going up on tuesday the 14th and i'm assuming i don't know how bbc3 works with i putting don't know it how it works up. either um, i think it is weekly weekly so i'd assume tuesdays and I would assume eventually it will end up on BBC One at like twelve thirty. Well, I I am before I came up to record this podcast. Uh, BBC One are showing the new series of Junior Doctors, which is on mm. BBC Three. They're showing that. Set in Wolverhampton. And, set in Wolverhampton. I'm quite enjoying it. But do you want to feel really old? Yes. The the young doctor had to drain some fluid uh, from uh, from a woman's stomach. And she says, I'm quite worried about this. Can I spend a penny before... Have I got time to spend a penny before we start? So, obviously, we know what that means. Mm. It means she needs to go to the loo. Mm. The junior doctor had to look it up on his phone, what that meant, while she was in there. And he says to the camera, Oh, apparently in olden days, you had to put money in to use the toilet. So she probably thinks she's got to pay to use the toilet. I've got to run and tell her she doesn't have to pay. And he runs over to this woman in the loo and tells her, The toilets are free, madam. You don't have to spend a penny. And I just thought, oh, my life. He's obviously never been to London, Euston. I know. And mm. the fact that he used the phrase olden days as well made me feel really old. And also, I have actually been in that hospital as a patient, New Cross. So there you go. Speaking <laughs> of hospitals, you can uh, commiserate with Gary, who's in hospital oh. at the moment, uh, uh, oh. by chatting to him on Twitter. And you've got more characters than anyone could and ever need on Twitter. I don't to know if he it. does this with Twitter, but he certainly does it on Facebook, where you can decide what he has to eat at hospital in the evenings. 
he does a poll about what should I have for, for dinner. Last night, I believe it was macaroni cheese or jerk chicken. I wouldn't. I wouldn't <laughs> like either of them, really. <laughs> I'd probably go with the jerk chicken, but ugh, I don't want either of them. Commiserate with Gary at the Gary Show on Twitter. <laughs> I'm at Luke Custard TV. Commiserate with him more if that's the only choice he's got. God. Yeah, he had. Um, he had jerk. Chi- he did have jerk chicken. And uh, at Matt's TV bites for Matt. Yes, you can go through the rest of all our bump because you do it quickly and efficiently follow us on twitter like us on facebook itunes please give us some kind words five star reviews are appreciated we won't take anything less than five stars so you're screwed also stitcher overcast all those apps you can rate us on there listen to the upside down cast me and gary have done two episodes so far when he's out of hospital uh, we'll do the rest if you'd like to uh, support us monetarily you can only like a couple of dollars will get you access to uh, the Best Of Podcast, Volume 1. We've also got reviews of The Sopranos and Only Fools and Horses, full series of that. The website, thecustardtv.com. Go there. Luke edits it and, and a lot of youngsters write for it. What have you got up there at the moment, Luke? Uh, reviews of The A Word. Uh, Netflix have a new series from Margaret Atwood, who brought us The Handmaid's Tale earlier on this year. It's called Alias Grace. Big hit in Canada. You can watch it all on, on uh, Netflix. But should you bother, read the review. And as always, the TV Week, which is what we use to point your face at stuff you should be watching in the week. Uh, you can learn more about all the shows Matt and I are uh, championing and some other stuff that's on the telly by looking at. Have I missed anything out? I don't feel like you have. <laughs> um, but then again, I stopped listening when you started okay. talking. Uh, if... so, yeah. Oh, email, that's it. If you like that's to... The uh, that's the one. Uh, if you'd like to get in touch, tell us what you think of the show. If this is your first time listening, what should we be talking about? What shouldn't we be talking about? Um, at TV reviews at gmail.com. Also, if you prefer it with or without Gary, let us know. He might not have a job when he gets back. <laughs> we will be back <laughs> soon to discuss... Probably against my will, gone to pot. We'll discuss that. And and love lies, loves lies and records, Luke. That would be against my will. How would then? No, that I said to somebody on Twitter. It just sounds like an embarrassing body special. Okay. That oh. I'm not gonna watch that. Bugs Lance will do. Yeah. Should we do, yeah, should we'll... we do that, Elias Grace? Because that sounds quite interesting. I'd not previously heard of that. I know he's not I showing it. I thought you were on the internet all the time, and specifically on the website all the time. I do read certain things, like like the stuff I write. No, you don't proofread that. <laughs> you just read it once. Anyway, that is it. The Custard <laughs> TV Podcast. We're going to have a round now. Bye. We're going to have a round now. Bye. The Custard <laughs> TV Podcast. We'll be back soon. Take care. Bye-bye. Bye. Rate and review us wherever you find us. I think that it's programs like this that help people realize that they're not alone. Search The Custard TV on YouTube, iTunes and Facebook. Hello, it is Ryan and we could all use an extra bright spot in our day, couldn't we? Just to make up for things like sitting in traffic, doing the dishes, counting your steps, you know, all the mundane stuff. That is why I'm such a big fan of Chumba Casino. Chumba Casino has all your favorite social casino style games that you can play for free anytime, anywhere with daily bonuses. That should brighten your day a little. Actually, a lot. So sign up now at ChumbaCasino.com. That's ChumbaCasino.com. No purchase necessary. BTW. Void. We're prohibited by law. See terms and conditions. 18 plus.